Thank you for joining us. Welcome to Velocity Online. This is our third week together in this format. And even though it's getting more comfortable, I'm missing seeing all of your faces. I wanna give you a quick update and let you know that in the midst of navigating what's a new normal for so many of us, we're continuing to reach more and more people. Last week alone, we saw over 1,700 people join us online. Not only that, we saw 25 people make decisions by saying yes to Jesus. How awesome is that? And it's all because you continue to invite and continue to engage and you continue to share the messages and resources we're giving you with others. And I'm telling you, we are going to emerge from this in a position of strength. And while I'm saying that, I wanna recognize the reality for so many of you right now. There are some of you who've lost jobs, you're no longer working. Some of you have had to apply for unemployment and that could be a brand new experience for you and you're trying to navigate your feelings while simultaneously navigating your future. I, I get that there's so much going on and I wanna tell you that right now you are in my prayers and we as a team have been praying for you. In fact, we have people right now on this service that would be happy to pray with you individually and personally. If you have a need, and even though I want you to hear and focus on this message, I also know that there's power when we pray. So even if while I'm talking, you wanna connect with someone who can pray for you in the chat, please feel free to do that right now. I know there's been a lot of adjustment for all of us, but I also have to admit, I've really enjoyed some of the things coming out of this time. Like, I miss seeing you in the lobby and I miss connecting with you as I used to on Sundays, but I've had a lot of fun connecting with many of you in brand new ways. Like we've done some live events on Instagram and Facebook. Friday, we all watched a movie together. And so even though this is a time where we're separated by distance, in some ways, I felt closer to you than ever before. And it's that idea of closeness that I want to talk about today, because with everybody staying indoors and at home, it's made for some really interesting moments, at least at my house. I don't know how it is for you, but I just have to confess, I've been maybe a little more agitated than normal. Like there's the things that I used to find cute that now just seem to be annoying. And I don't wanna make it sound like I'm a grouch because there's been some really great moments from having all of my family together 24 hours a day, seven days a week, with non-stop in your space closeness. But uh, some of the things, we, we've had time to connect and bond in ways that maybe we normally wouldn't. Like I've been playing a lot more Barbies with Pippa. I've been wrestling with Grant and Oliver. Reese and I have been working on projects together. And, and one of the ways we've been spending time together as a family during quarantine is I've been teaching my kids about classic cinema. Now, where most people would maybe take this time to watch like the Lord of the Rings extended director's cut trilogy. Uh, we've gone all the way back to the 1998 Disney plus classic Willow. And if you don't know what Willow is, it's one of the great original fantasy adventures. So don't worry. The never ending story is up for next week, but I was watching this with my kids and you've got to picture this scene. Cause I've got Oliver Grant and Pippa all laying on top of me on the couch and because they all wanna sit with me. And none of them are still movie watchers. Like all of these kids squirm. So I've got elbows in my eyeballs and feet in my stomach. 
And the other thing is my kids are like little heaters. So they are hot and sweaty while they're on me. So finally, I can't take any more of this. And I push them all off me. I said, kids, I love you, but you are too close for comfort right now. Have you had that experience? That's what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you from this subject, too close for comfort. And to do that, I want to read to you a scripture that God has used to help me this week. And I believe he wants to do the same for you. It's found in Genesis chapter 26, starting in verse 12. This is what it says. Isaac planted crops in that land and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. So all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up, filling them with earth. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, move away from us. You are too close for comfort. You've become too powerful for us. So Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar, where he settled. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died, and he gave them the same names his father had given them. Now, I love this verse because for me, it's become kind of like a metaphor for life, leadership, and how I respond to the situations I'm facing. Now, in the text I read you, Isaac's natural flow of life had been interrupted. He was thriving in the place he was in, but now there were too many people in one place, and the authority of the land said he had to vacate the premises. And while there's some natural parallels that you and I can immediately connect with, the truth is our flow of life can be interrupted in a lot of different ways. For example, it's worth pointing out that in this passage, it says this, Isaac planted crops in that land. Now, the reason it says that land is because this wasn't his homeland. You have to back up in the chapter to find out, but it says in verse one, now there was a famine in the land. So the whole reason that Isaac is even there in the first place is because he was escaping a famine. And what's interesting is that it goes on to say that this famine was different than the previous famine in Abraham's time. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. So what I'm trying to help you see is that there are struggles in every season. What you're facing right now might be different than what you faced before, but just like every season has a struggle, I also want you to know that every season has a strength. But what I want you to see is that Isaac is in a place that he didn't plan to be. But when he decides to start sowing in a time of famine, God begins to bless him. So if you're taking notes, the first thing I want you to write down is this, is that sometimes the trouble is the means of transformation. Let me say that again. Sometimes the trouble is the means of transformation. I don't know if you realize that or not, but if you're wanting to grow, and you're wanting to get to the next place God has for you, it's not going to come from where you're comfortable. So God will use famine in one season to produce a strength for the next season. God will use something that's uncomfortable in our lives and use something that's uncomfortable in our emotions 
that will force us out of where we've grown accustomed. Now, it's worth saying, I don't think that comfort is a bad thing. Like, I don't think you have to live a life devoid of comfort. But the important thing is, is that we're not comfort-driven. Comfort is overrated. I mean, you can design a life that's meant to be comfortable and not have any comfort in your soul. You can chase all the comforts of this world and still feel empty inside. And I recognize that there are some serious needs right now. So much so that our church has been serving people all week to get help to the people who need it the most. And so I get that, and I don't want to make light of that. But can I also tell you, God doesn't just guide you by what he provides. He also guides you by what he withholds. So you might feel like you don't have the strategy that you need right now. You might feel like you don't have the people in your life you need right now. You might feel like you don't even have the resource that you need right now. But even though you feel like you're missing something today, that's okay. Because what you're missing is actually making room for what God wants to produce in your life. See, Isaac planted in a place that he's now been pushed out of. He's been driven out by a drought, driven out by a shortage. And now that he's in a new place, he decides that he's going to plant again. So don't let what you've lost make you miss what you've got. Don't let the harvest that you left keep you from planting the seed that you have. And it's important that you know this because sometimes life will come along and just push you out of a place where you've been really comfortable, push you out of a place where you've put down roots, push you out of that place. But you can never increase your capacity in your comfort zone. If we want God to enlarge an area in our life, it will require God to disrupt what we've let become dormant. You see it in the text because it says in verse 13, the man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. But as his capacity increased, so did his challenges. Now I wish somebody would have explained this to me early on because see, I've always wanted God to grow me, to grow my capacity, but I've never liked dealing with the challenges that always need to be confronted in order for my capacity to increase. So when we say we want God to do greater things in our lives and we want to grow in our trust and grow in our faith, we have to understand that progress almost always comes through pressure. You can't grow in your faith if your faith is never put under any kind of weight. You can't increase your capacity without a confrontation of your comfort. So look at what happens next. It says in verse 16, that then Abimelech, said to Isaac, move away from us. You've become too powerful for us. He's saying, look, you are too close for comfort. You've got to move on. And from the outside, it looks like he's being pushed out, pushed out of what was comfortable, pushed out of what had become easy, pushed out of what he was used to. And maybe that describes your current reality. But while he was being pushed out, God was using that disruption to pull him in. See, here's what happens in our lives. When we grow in our lives, in our love, in our faith, in our compassion, when we grow in our knowledge and relationship with God, we become more passionate about the things of God. When that happens, we get too big for certain places where we've settled. 
We get too big for certain habits that don't fit us anymore. We get too big for certain patterns that we've cuddled up too close to. And so you might feel a little forced out of your comfort zone, but the discomfort is part of your development. Why is that? Because sometimes God will push you out of what's comfortable so he can pull you into what's possible. He'll push you out of what's comfortable so he can pull you into his purpose. So God will allow famine in your life. God will allow loneliness. God will allow some setbacks. And some of you are thinking I might be confused because in verse 12, I was talking about how God blessed Isaac in that land. But what you got to understand is that sometimes God blesses you with failure. Sometimes God blesses you with that because pride comes before a fall. And so to keep you from falling and failing, ultimately, he'll let you fail temporarily. And as long as you think that the blessing of God only comes to coddle you, you won't recognize it when the blessing comes to challenge you. And I have to set things up because, see, we get things confused thinking that our comfort is the indicator that God is close. Now, God is a God of comfort. In fact, the Holy Spirit is referred to as the comforter. But the primary role of Jesus while he was on the earth was not to comfort people in their situation, but to confront the systems that had people in bondage. And if we're not careful, we'll begin to get confused in our thinking when the moment we get challenged and the moment things become uncomfortable, we think that God must not be in any of that. Now, I'm thankful for the things that have happened in my life where someone confronted me instead of comforting me. Like, can I tell you, this church would not have started without some confrontation. Because I was weighing, should we start the church? Should we move here? We've never done that before. And talking about it with my wife, Marissa, and she finally said, look, you're either got to decide or one way or the other, but you have to make a decision. You will never identify your calling if you insist on your comfort. And what we fail to realize is that inconvenience brings increase and burdens make us better. I'll prove it to you. Because last week we talked about Paul and there's this one time that Paul was writing to the church at Rome, which was having all sorts of problems. And this is what he told him. In Romans 5, verse 3, he says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they are good for us. Why are they good for us? Because they help us grow. They increase our capacity. It's our discomfort that draws God close. It says that in the Psalms, Psalm 34, 18, that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He saves those whose spirits have been crushed. See, God is never closer than when your comfort is crumbling. Think about David. David is the guy who wrote this Psalm. He also wrote Psalm 23. One of the things I love about King David was his willingness to be real with God. When he wrote the Psalms, he was writing from experience. He fought off lions, he fought off bears with his bare hands. He slayed the Philistine giant Goliath with a stone and a sling. He also spent years hiding in caves and running from Saul's assassination attempts. For a man who was chosen by God, some of these circumstances seem like contradictions. I mean, after all, this was the guy who said, your rod and your staff comfort me. But they weren't contradictions. They were part of the calling. See, what made David a man after God's own heart wasn't his success or failure. It was his consistent trust in God regardless of the circumstance. 
Because the first part of that verse says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. See, the point is, is that God doesn't promise to guard you from trouble. He promises to guide you through it. And when you begin to understand that, you'll realize that he's close even in the most uncomfortable situations. So you have to change your paradigm from being comfortable to being close. You know, in a lot of ways, if I want to be close to my kids, it's going to require discomfort. And as long as we associate Jesus with comfort, we'll miss him. Because we've brought things in for comfort that are occupying the space that belongs to God. But when you get uncomfortable, that's when you're willing to change. Just like me throwing my kids off of me when they were laying on top of me on the couch, this is an opportunity that God wants to use to confront what you've called normal and to call you into something greater. Because God wants you in your sweet spot, not your comfort zone. In fact, I would say every time God uses you, it's always going to be outside your comfort zone. Because the comfort zone is the place where you know you can do it. God doesn't want you to live there. No, the sweet spot that God has for you is the place where God knows you can do it, but you don't know if you can do it. It's the place where God's strength is made perfect in your weakness, and his purpose is fulfilled in your strength. So Genesis chapter 26, verse 17 says, So Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar, where he settled. He moved away from the place he was comfortable, and he arrived in a new place. And this next verse is what jumped out at me. It says in verse 18, Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. And he gave them the same names his father had given him. Now, I know you're probably reading that verse with me and you're thinking, I don't see any application there. And I understand it. Like, it's not really obvious at first. This is the kind of thing you only notice after reading this text 20 times. But you got to understand this first, that in antiquity, digging a well in an area was like a way of claiming that territory. It was like putting a stake in the ground. If you add to that the fact that the Valley of Gerar was a very desolate and dry place, it was on the edge of a desert in the middle of a famine, in so many ways, this area was more precious than gold because water was there at one time. And this whole event is interesting to me because it stands in stark contrast to the way most of us think about God's calling in our lives. Because usually we think whenever God is going to call us or move us into a new area, it's going to be something greater. But Isaac moves from a place of abundance to a place that was barren. And I wonder if it could be that God might be calling you from a place of success to a place of sacrifice. Could it be that the new place that God has for you might require more work, not less work? But that's not the part that stood out to me. What, what jumped out to me is the fact that Isaac reopened wells that had been there all along. See, what I'm trying to tell you is that the greatest enemy of our faith isn't fear, it's familiarity. See, the truth is, Fear can actually be an ally to faith because fear puts you in a place 
where you know you need something greater than yourself. And being in that place makes connection with God possible. So fear can lead to faith, but familiarity will keep you stuck in patterns that are as pitiful as they are predictable. Things that are not good for you, but because they're familiar, you stay in them. And maybe it's not that your faith has failed. Maybe it's just you've let it become too familiar. So if you're living in a bubble where you've got life all figured out and your life has been on autopilot, guess what God will do? God will burst that bubble and he'll allow pressure on your life to disrupt your comfort because God doesn't want you comfortable. He wants you close. And when you're close, that's when you can have confidence. That's the difference. That regardless of what happens, you can be confident that God, who knows the end from the beginning, has your life in his capable hands. See, Isaac prospered in a foreign land, but there were wells in the promised land that Isaac had neglected. The wells were there all along, but many times we think we need to find something new in our life. But what I want you to see is that his answer was in something that he had ignored. The flow of his life was interrupted, but he found a new flow when he placed a new value on what he had forsaken. And that's really my message for you today. Maybe God's disrupting what's comfortable in your life to show you some things that you've abandoned. Maybe this is the time that you connect with God like never before. Maybe it's the time that your prayer life goes to a whole new level. Maybe this is the time that you trust God more than you ever have before. It's been there all along. You've just taken it for granted. Isaac went to some wells that he had forgotten about and found fresh water in a dry place. Now, it wasn't comfortable. He had to dig for it. It was hard work. He had to get his hands dirty. But you've come too close to where God is calling you to, to settle for comfort now. You've come too close for comfort. See, there are some things that you've been bringing too close for comfort that aren't serving God's purpose. Living in this space isn't always comfortable, but God loves it when our hands are open and our hearts are open to the things that he has for us. So I wanna close in prayer and I wanna give two invitations. I wanna challenge you and ask you, what are the things in your life you've been bringing too close for comfort that are getting in the way of God's purpose. I want you to bow your head and pray with me. I wanna ask that we'd be open to let God remove those things in our life so that God can fulfill his purpose that he wants to do. Would you pray? God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that your word speaks to our heart. And your word does comfort us, God, but it also challenges us. It challenges us, it shows us where we need to change and it gives us the strength to change. And God, I'm praying for every person right now who's on the other end of this screen, God, that, that you would speak to them by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would speak to the places that you're wanting to unearth, that speak to the places, God, that we've been allowing things to get in the way of you coming close. It might be uncomfortable, but God, we welcome it in this moment, right now, in Jesus' name. I wanna give another invitation though. Maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus as the Lord of your life. Can I tell you, friend, that is why we do what we do. We exist to bring those far from God near to life in Christ. And if you're 
on the other end of the screen and you don't know where you stand with God, maybe on a scale of one to 10, one being completely far from God, 10 being close, you couldn't put yourself a 10. Can I tell you, you need to get right with God today. And I believe he is sending this message to you wherever you're, you're at so that you can receive his grace and mercy and peace in your life. If you would like to do this right now, I wanna lead you in a prayer. At our church, we all pray together. Nobody prays alone. But scripture says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for your sins, that you'd be saved. Simple words, it's not magic words, but it is simple words, faith-filled words. If you wanna do that today, right where you're at, I ask that you would pray this prayer with me right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge my need for you. I believe in what you did for me, how you died on the cross for my sin. Come into my life, live in me, forgive me so that I can live in you. I receive your grace right now in Jesus name, amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer, that is the best decision that you can make. Velocity, would you go crazy in the chat right now, congratulating everybody who has just made that decision for Christ.